and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Thursday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on? Oh, man, not a whole lot. That's uh, a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. There is a whole lot going on right now, but I'm just not registering it. <laughs> I'm not recording it right now. <laughs> That's fair. Okay? I mean, you know me and my powers of observation. There are not Sherlockian, ladies and gentlemen. Ron Wolfley reporting. You just got to meet Bear in the, uh, in the um, newsroom. It was one of the greatest moments in radio history. Wolf meeting Bear. Yeah, that was so cool right there to meet Bear finally. Um, he's got some meat hooks, too. He's got you know, he got a big, firm handshake. Uh, I mean, you, you don't get the name that. Bear. I got to tell you, it would have been a little disappointing if, in fact, he had more of a Billichek handshake. Okay? <laughs> because it really is kind of, Bill's got to work on that. The best thing with uh, with with Bear too is like around the hockey world, you know, when the when the Coyotes hired him, it was like, hey, this guy's he's intimidating. Like you don't mess with this guy, and that that's true. But we get the we get the fun side of Bear on this show every week. Yeah, so it's great. He was a lot bigger than I thought he was too. Uh, there you go. Yeah, you want to go, Bear? <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like fullbacks, you know what I mean? It, bear, it just happens. It is. If you're listening right now, it's just like fullbacks. If he's listening, he'll Every turn time. around and, and yeah, part, you guys will Part of the fullback club is just, hey, how you doing? You have so much respect for, for fullbacks, of course. And at the same time, can I take you? <laughs> is this like when we were at Media Road during Super Bowl week and you're like, I think I fought that guy over no, there, no, but I can't no, be sure. No, no, that, it was not like that. We, um, so we've been really bad on the over-unders because at, at Media Road during Super Bowl week, we, you set the over-under at one and a half for people that you would see there that you fought at some point in your career. <laughs> and I believe it was a hard under, as it, at it least that we can confirm. Under, there, yes. there were a couple suspects, but it, as we sent people to kind of try and figure out who they were, I think it was an under. And then uh, yesterday... On this show, we set the over-under at 2.09 during the Nick Rollis press conference for when Isaiah Simmons would be mentioned. And you took the under, Maloney took the under, Rick took the under, Lauren took the under. I don't remember what I took. But you took the yeah, under as well. Took the under. Everybody yes. took the under. He wasn't what? even mentioned! No! No! That, there was no way that happened right there. Are you sure? I have listened to listened, it twice. Do we have interns? Do we have interns anymore? Right, do we have interns we walking have around here right now? Yeah. Do we have anybody uh, walking around? Listen to that, please. Tell me, we, we got to get an intern on that. You're telling me Isaiah Simmons was not mentioned at all. So we, Nick Rawless press conference. We listened at two, right? And then I listened at like, it was probably about midnight, driving home from the Coyotes game last night. Again, just threw it on in the car. I was like, yeah. did I miss something? You know, just kind of, you, you listen to it the first time. You're like, okay, I just want to hear this. The second time you're kind of listening for what can we talk about on the show. And it's not like they were wasted questions. I mean, there was a lot of good stuff in that press conference, but yeah. I, I was surprised. No, Isaiah, I think the only player well, who's name came up was Buda Baker. Yeah, that totally Which makes boy, sense. You know what? The Buda Baker cut as well from Nick Rollis. Did you hear it, Basin audience? Uh, wow. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, I, I love their intensity and the way they just continue to talk about the intensity and the violence and the ferocity in which these guys are going to be expected to play at. 
I love that. Do you want to talk about culture, ladies and gentlemen? You want to talk about culture? That's how you build culture right there. It starts with a thought, and then you, you pronounce it. You talk about it. You verbalize it. Now you got to go do it. Their thought is they're not kidding around when they're saying they want explosive, violent guys in between the white lines. And when I say that, we all understand what we're talking about in between the white lines of the paradigm of the game of football, not life, not outside of those white lines. We all know what we're talking about. In between those white lines, you better go out there and you better be explosive. You better, you better play the game with some bad intentions. That I mean, that is the game of football. It's okay to feel that way. Tap into the primal side. Try to drive the guy into the ground. Oh, I'm sorry. He's wheezing on the ground. You'll be okay. Get up. Let's do it again. And sometimes it's you wheezing on the ground, Luke. I feel like I'm wheezing on the ground right now, and the show just started. I'm all jacked up because of the Buda Baker cut. Well, here it is. There's a lot of players that uh, play extremely hard, fly around. You know, one that comes to mind, obviously, Buda. Buda sets the standard on how you play this game. It is violent. It is high motor, 24/7. And I'm just picking one guy out. There's all guy. There's all kinds of guys on this defense that play to that standard and we're going to continue to demand to push that even further and for everyone to be at that standard of playing violently and being explosive and um you know i'm going to continue to to evaluate and watch the tape and we're going to figure out you know not just from a um, motor and violence standpoint but everybody has to get better including us coaches right and so it's going to be the coach's job it's going to be my job to develop improvement plans for each guy to say hey this is going to take your game to the next level how do we get them to maximize and hit their ceiling and that's a process that we're still going through um right now at the moment He's a V word three times. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't Jonathan Gannon. So that that is clearly a word that is in their lexicon behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, once again, um, that for the most part has been a word that you kind of frown upon because of so many people extrapolating it from the white lines in the game of football and then applying it to the world outside. And you shouldn't do that. And you shouldn't use that word, and yet they continue to use that word. That tells me they continue to use that word for a reason, because they are serious about football players that are going to step in between those white lines and play the game and tap into the essence of the game. This is, ladies and gentlemen, I shouldn't have played 10 days in the NFL. I'm being 100% serious. I shouldn't have been there 10 days. I played 10 years. Because I I tapped into the desperation and the violence, if you will, in between the white lines. And then, my young crunk brothers, you step outside those white lines, you love people, you respect people, and you treat them better than yourself. It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't. To be able to go walk in between those white lines in that paradigm and let it go and let it hang, let it rip, as JG likes to say, let it go. And then... You walk outside and you love people and you respect people and you treat them better than yourself. We made this joke on this show during last season. I mean, it was only it, it wasn't it wasn't a joke in the sense that the concept it w- was a joke. It was just more okay that could never happen. 
But how many times during the season last year did we talk about, you know, what, what would this team look like if they had 11 Buda Bakers on defense? <sighs> and then Hard Knocks came out, and you saw some of the coaches talking about it and pointing to Buda Baker and saying, okay, let's try to all play the game the way he does. And now you have the new coaching staff and the new defensive coordinator referencing him as like, yeah, this is the standard. And, and it's not... It's not anything groundbreaking. Obviously, Buda Baker is the standard on this defense, and he would be on most defenses with just the way he plays. The question is, can they get everybody buzzing around there playing near the level he does? Because I have to think, Wolf, if any team could do it, it should be easier for the team that has Buda Baker to point to that these guys are practicing with every day and seeing all season long. Because yes. a lot of what he does isn't like Buddha's is obviously extremely talented, but a lot of what makes him great is he just plays the game the right way. Yes, yes, no, he does. There's one other word that he said, one other word that I was like, oh, <sighs> give me the eye black. Demand was the word. There's all types of guys on this defense that play to that standard, and we're going to continue to demand to push that even further and for everyone to be at that standard of playing violently and being explosive. Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you do. When you put your quarterback under center, you immediately tell the defense, (laughs) you know what plays we're going to run. You know what's coming for the most part. You're going to have to guess as to whether or not it's going to be a run or a play-action pass. But that's okay. If you even guess right, we're going to demand the guy who lines up beats you. We're going to demand the guy that lines up in a three-point stance whips the three technique in front of him. We're going to demand that, even if it's Fletcher Cox. It, it is. That's what coaches do. They demand of you. They demand of their players. That's got to be part of your culture. And that's why it's so important you be accountable when you fail. Coaches be accountable when they fail. Demand was the word. The 35th annual Arizona Renaissance Festival has begun. The Renaissance Festival lasts each weekend until April 3rd, and we're giving you the chance to win a family four-pack of tickets. So visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win. All right, it sounds like, it's not official, but it sounds like we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to see Kevin Durant play in a Suns jersey. We'll give you the latest next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show here on a Thursday morning. I'm so proud of myself. I've gotten the day right every day this week, and the, the short weeks. First of all, I can't even get the day right on a normal week. Yeah. But when we start on a Tuesday, okay, and we're in full full blown Suns mode. When do the Suns play? When do the Suns play? Friday, Friday. That's okay. That's when the week really starts. When the Suns play. Except, Wolf, it is sounding more and more like Kevin Durant will not be playing tomorrow night. Okay. Um, yeah, he's not, supposedly. You know, we're actually we're going to talk to Flex from Jersey. He's going to join us in a little bit on the show. Okay, that's great. We get to talk Flex. to Flex. I haven't talked to him on the, on the air in a few months. Uh, Kellen Olsen's going to join us later on in the show as well. Yeah. I don't think I've ever talked to Flex, as a matter of yeah, fact. I think you, I'm remembering that correctly. I think you weren't here. I think K-Ray was in yeah. for you. It, it was during K-Ray. It was during all the KD stuff in, like, July when we had uh, we had Flex on. So we're going to talk to him in a little bit. But it, it, it sounds July, like... Yeah. It sounds like no KD 
Friday. Uh, I saw Brian Windhorst on SportsCenter say he could play as early as <laughs> Sunday. No KD Friday. Yay. <laughs> already had a lifetime of those. I just, he's, I mean, I, I, the anticipation is killing me. I'm just going to admit it. So this is where we are. The Suns haven't ruled him out for Friday. Yes. Brian Windhorst is saying as early as Sunday. <laughs> Shams and others are saying they're targeting Wednesday. <laughs> so basically, even Wednesday is not a guarantee. Even Wednesday. No, they is said not targeting, not targeting, not guaranteed. Exactly right. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness, it's driving me nuts. I, I can't handle this. The disappointment. Are you disappointed, Lo? I, I am very disappointed because I was going to the game tomorrow and uh, or was trying to. Um, I would assume that. This is probably an unpopular opinion, but I'm just going to say it anyway. They didn't, as disappointed as I am, they didn't trade for Kevin Durant to have him play Oklahoma City on February 24th. They traded for him to be good to go, end of the season, through the playoffs. Now, I don't want to contradict what I've been saying because I fully believe they need to get this lineup together, not because Kevin Durant needs to remember how to play basketball. I'm not yeah. concerned about him at all. They could start the playoffs on Wednesday. He'll be fine. Monty's got to have time to put his team together before the first round of the playoffs. So I'm disappointed if he doesn't play tomorrow. I'm not really concerned unless this is going to drag on for another couple of weeks. Then it's like, okay, well, how hurt is yeah, he? Right. But I, I think right now they're just being smart. <laughs> See, and that's what I'm worried about. How hurt is he right here? Then again, we do know the Suns in their day-to-day approach. Yeah. We do know that. I think they're just being this smart. Isn't a, I, I think you're right on they've that. brought guys back this year that have gotten re-injured and had to miss time. Yeah, the when will KD play storyline is making me nuts. I'm just going to admit that. It is right now. It's like, it's so close. You can taste it. Um, it's making me nuts. It's the Disneyland effect. Does everyone here know what the Disneyland effect is? No, what's the Disneyland effect? Okay, the Disneyland effect is, if you haven't been to Disneyland... Um, it's so it's so bright. It's so shiny. It's so fun there. Oh, Aaron Rodgers would ever, hate the brightness. All you ever hear, yeah, right. All you ever hear of Disneyland is how awesome Disneyland is, and it, and everyone builds it up, and it's just built up to a point where when you eventually go, there's no place to go but down. <laughs> Your anticipation was so sharp. And your imagination was so brilliant of what Disneyland was going to be like. When you actually go, it just there's no place to go but down from your expectation. And there's a little bit of that Disneyland effect in Kevin Durant right now. I thought you were going to say it drives you crazy because it's like that uh, It's a Small World ride where they just repeat the same oh, like, sentence goodness. over and over and, and there's kids who love that. Uh, All the kids love It's a Small World. They sing the song. It's like 40 minutes of the oh. same line. It's not even It's not even the song you were referencing yesterday, which is still stuck in my head, by the way, of We Built the City. I mean, can you imagine a ride that just played that for 45 straight minutes? That'd be so brutal. It would not be great. Uh, so the disappointment is there. Well, here's man. here's uh, here's James Jones. This is yesterday with Burns and Gambo uh, talking about. Well, first of all, he said that he has not ruled out tomorrow for for KD. The next game would be Friday against the Thunder. Have you ruled him out for that game? 
No, we have not. We haven't ruled him okay. out yet. That is important to remember. The Suns haven't ruled him out. It sounds like he's not going to play tomorrow, but the Suns have not yet ruled him out. That was yesterday, but and they practiced today, and that's why we're going to talk to Kellen Olson. <laughs> I mean, we like Kellen. We're going to talk to him anyway, but uh, practice is today right around noon, so when we have him on after that, you know, he'll be able to, to give us a little more insight. James Jones on what ramping up KD would look like. We put him through three-on-three, five-on-five. You just want to see him go through some sustained uh, movements, you know, put him out there 20, 30 minutes, see how he responds um, in the moment, but more importantly, the day after. Um, it's just like a, a regular game. You know, guys go into the game and they feel great, and then they get a chance to go home. You know, their their bodies kind of settle, and, and 12 hours later they're like, hey, I'm sore, or this doesn't feel right. You know, he's been progressing uh, over the last couple of days, but our team guys haven't been in market, so he's just been doing some twos and threes. So we hope tomorrow we'll get a chance to see him out there with the full group. And then we'll go from there, just knowing that every day uh, he's getting better. He's not having any setbacks. And so we expect him to progress well over the next few days, and, and we'll see. Uh, but he'll, he'll be playing soon. So when was that conversation? Last night. That was last night? Well, yesterday afternoon. So when he was talking about tomorrow, he's talking about today. Yes. Putting him through that five on five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then seeing how he responds. And practice uh, no today, I think, play. is at 1250. There's no way he's going to play. The, the thing is, there's, other than appeasing all of us, there's really no <laughs> right, reason to right. play him tomorrow. <laughs> now, there's a, that's a slippery slope. There are reasons to play him in the regular season. And, and like we keep saying, you can't, you can't bring him back on April 2nd or whatever and expect everything to be just fine. <sighs> you want him and his teammates around him peaking on April 16th when the playoffs exactly, start. Exactly, Luke. It's the most important thing. Here's the thing that really disappoints me, because the disappointment is palpable. There's no doubt about it. It makes me feel like a fan. <laughs> and I have to tell you, that makes me angry, Basinonians. It does. No offense to anybody Fangry. that's listening. But it makes me angry. It makes me feel like a fan, and that makes me angry. I, Kevin Durant will play when Kevin Durant is ready to play. Amen? Right? It's not like he's going to need a full season to get ready for the playoffs. It's not like he needs 40 games to actually get ready for the playoffs. It's not like he needs that. Um, you know, this guy, he's Kevin Durant. <laughs> he knows the I mean, schemes. He knows the plays. He, he knows what they're going to use and how they're going to use him. He understands it. He's been around. He's playing with book CP3. It's not going to take him long to fit in, right? <laughs> right? Of course not. He's going to be good to go. I need to stop acting like I'm a 15-year-old. And and realize what's happening here. Yeah, but this is this is like getting a present on Christmas morning, and your parents being like, "You actually can't open it till New Year's," and then New Year's rolls around, they're like, hey, "You're gonna actually have to wait, you know, a couple more weeks." And so you're right; there is a a point. No, I'm not saying what the Suns are doing. The Suns are handling this the right way. But I'm saying from your from a fan's perspective, everybody's fired up in the city because Kevin Durant is here more than anything else right now in sports. You have Kevin Durant, but you can't watch him play yet. <laughs> so it's there's a there's a point where it's like, okay, wait a minute, let's just get him out there. We're not, or at least I'm not there yet. Don't get me wrong. I was yeah. looking forward to going to the game tomorrow for that reason. Um, but the biggest thing is to have him play whatever, 15, 16 games with his full team and be ready to go in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, 
Can a brother ask for 20? Can I, can you get 20? That, that would can be we nice. get 20 games? 20 games to me, I think there are no excuses. And, and here's the deal. It's not Kevin Durant I'm worried about. It isn't. It's everyone else around him. And getting some of the rotations a little locked up I think as you get ready to go into the postseason. Monty Williams probably wants him in the lineup more than anybody just so he can kind of start doing his job and setting up for the playoffs. Here's one more from James Jones. We'll, we'll be prudent. Like, we, we have to balance it. Like the, the reality is that we still are in the thick of the West where a couple games separate people from being in the play-in game and, and being a top seed. Um, we're not chasing to be the top seed, but we do have to win games, and we're chasing our best form of basketball. Um, you know, So the, the balance is you want to be healthy, but you also want to play good basketball. No one wants to go into the playoffs healthy, playing poorly. Uh, so you, you try to strike strike the balance, and I think with, with Chris and Devin and Campaign and all those guys coming back, uh, with more firepower and, you know, Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren, we have a bunch of guys that are willing and able to step up and, and shoulder a bigger load. Uh, so I think it allows us to, to, to be prudent. But um, make no mistake about it. Like, we need to win games. We want to win games. And, and we will win games. We just have to figure out the, the combinations of players. And, look, we have a lot of talent. And so some guys are going to have to sacrifice. Some guys are going to take bigger roles and smaller roles. Uh, but I think we'll coach will figure it out, and, and I think the guys will figure it out and adapt uh, over the next 20-plus 20, 20 games. He didn't say strike the pose, Mason Armands. He said strike the balance. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Strike the balance, not strike the pose. Strike the balance. All they've wanted to do since the end of last season was make sure they peak at the right time as a team. That is still on the table for them. Now, if Kevin the Durant's... Warriors way. Warriors! Yes. And you know who knows the Warriors' way pretty well is Kevin Durant, having been the finals MVP for a couple of their championships. Text us your thoughts to the Fandle text line at 620-620 right now. This response coming in from the 720. How much longer before you think the Cardinals start winning again? Okay, we'll get into that next. What will the Cardinals focus on when it comes to roster building? You're going to hear what the Cardinals' new general manager had to say this morning. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Newsmakers Week on uh, Bickley and Murata all week, and they've had a ton of guests in, and one of the guests that they had today um, of particular interest, I would say, with everything going on with the Arizona Cardinals, Wolf, was Monty Ossonfort. Monty. And I'm just going to start right here talking about the type of roster that he wants to put together for the Arizona Cardinals. When we start talking about constructing a roster, hey, there's decisions to, to, that have to be made, and you, you, sure, we'd love to get all pros at every single position, and that's just not reality. And so, you know, we have to be smart. The NFL is, is set up where you you got to pick your pick your uh, poison, where, where you're going to put your money, where you're going to put your resources, and then there's, there's places where you're not going to have as many resources. And so, you know, I think a big area for us is that we we have to look at the, the the line of scrimmage on both side of the ball you know if you can control the line of scrimmage offensively if you can control the line of scrimmage defensively it opens up opportunities for really everybody else around and, and I think you saw that in the in the two teams that played in the Super Bowl this year uh, you know Philadelphia and Kansas City I mean yes they the, both teams were full of great players but look at the offensive and defensive lines on both those teams and they were you know they were strong on both sides and and in the end those were the last two those were the two best 
best teams in the NFL this year, and those were the two teams playing for the trophy at the end. Okay, everybody just do it right now. Okay, that Sorry, was I supposed to do that too? Oh, yes, you were. <laughs> that makes me just so happy right there. It just it makes you happy. Yes! Okay, we don't have to play the whole thing, Rick, because we get it. We know it. Sometimes anticipation is a great thing to use, a tool, of course, but we all know that what Monty Austin Ford just said really makes you feel good inside. Doesn't it? All right, pop that down, Rick. We got it. This is what I'm talking about right now. When I heard Monty Austin Ford say that, the line of scrimmage, it jacked me up. Have you heard me say that before? I, once. once again, I please, I, I need you to understand this, Basin Onions. I've been so wrong about this Cardinals coaching search so many times. It's not even funny. Um, it, was, it was like I was trying to be wrong. I thought at the end you were trying to be wrong. <laughs> when, when you threw your support behind Lou Anarumo and, and in the same sentence said, sorry, Lou, that means yeah, you're not so, getting the job. So I guess what I'm saying, Basinonians, I'm not saying, look at me, look at me. I was right. Um, I'm wrong more than I'm right. I don't care, but I'd rather be fair than right. And because of that, I'm willing to admit what a failed and flawed product I am. How about you? How about this, Luke? Um, the line of scrimmage. This is exactly where this team needs to be built offensively and defensively. It's not a secret. They got to build the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. That is that's great. Simple solution. Just go out, uh, sign Fletcher Cox away from the Eagles, draft Jalen Carter, and your defensive line is set. Oh, boy. That would be, man. That would be ridiculous. I'm wondering what it would cost (laughs) you to sign Fletcher Cox. I I don't think he's really available. He's not available. They're going to franchise him or something. They don't want that guy. He's a future Hall of Famer. But until he's officially re-signed with the Eagles, we can dream. Right. Um, Javon Hargrave isn't a bad way to go. Javon Hargrave. Can't franchise tag everybody. You can't franchise everybody. And there's a guy that I think is a good player, like a a good player you'd like to bring in here. The James Bradbury, the corner from the Eagles. And we're just talking about the Eagles, but building the line of scrimmage. That's going to be critical. So you always talk about blending the old with the new. How about blending the Eagles with the Cardinals? <laughs> just give me some of your best players that you can't bring back, and I'll just yes. take them here. Birds of a feather. There you go. Yeah, they're both birds. Uh, this is more from Monty Austin Fort on the culture he wants the Cardinals to have. And, and before I play this, everybody is on board with this, right? Everybody, I mean, Michael Bidwell was on this morning. We've heard Michael Bidwell talk. We've talked to Michael Bidwell. I know he's on board. We need a new culture this year. I know Monty Austin Ford's on board. I know the fans are on board. I know you're on board. I know I'm on board. I know the other hosts. I know the report. Everybody, since about, I don't know what, week 10, week 11, week 12, people hit it at different points this season, but everybody by the end of the season was they got to change the culture. Even if you keep the same people in place, you have to change the culture, which I have to think is was a pretty strong driving force behind them making the changes they made. Yes. Culture, more yes. than anything else. 
So here's Monty Austin for it. I can't speak on what, what did or didn't happen here last year. I, w- I was not here. All I, all I can say is that, again, I'll go back to it. It starts with adding the right type of people, and, and we've done a we've done a, the gr- a great job of that here in the last week of adding the right type of coaches to the staff. And then w- one thing that Jonathan always talks about is what is what does winning behavior look like? And so really that is just as much that is as much what not to do as it is what to do. And so we're going to describe to players what winning behavior is. We're going to show them what it is. And we're going to call out when things are win- what is winning behavior. And then when something is falling short and there's no one that's going to put that uh, that model and that example together more than us as a staff, us as a coaching staff, as a personnel staff, as the entire football operations. We're going to show the players what winning behavior is. And we're excited to put that type of culture and accountability back into this program. See, this is the reason why, Basinonians, you hire a guy that has 15 years experience with the New England Patriots and three years experience with the Tennessee Titans, because that is a blending of the two. It really is. When you talk about building the line of scrimmage and your rebuild is going to focus on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, I hear the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) Boy, do I hear the Tennessee Titans. And it's not like the Patriots have been bad in that regard either um and then when you start talking about bringing in the right type of person this is what the patriots have been doing for years this is what they do they have a culture they have a belief they have a philosophy well if you bring somebody in there who doesn't believe in your culture your belief and your philosophy you're gonna have problems it goes, goes back to controlling what you can control. There were a lot of things yes. last year that was like, okay, this is out of the Cardinals' control. They are getting hit with bad luck. But why would you bring people in that undermine what you're trying to yes. do? That is something you can control. Yes, that's something you can control, and it's something you can vet. Whether you're talking about a free agent, whether you're talking about an undrafted free agent, whether you're talking about a draft pick or a draft prospect, this is something you can vet with guys. How you come up with that vetting process, I don't know. That's up to the coach. That's up to the psychologist. But you got to come up with it. All right, we come back. Back to basketball. I know it doesn't feel like it right now because we don't know when he's going to start playing. But Kevin Durant is a member of the Phoenix Suns. Our next guest is a guy we talked to all the way back in July. Wolf, I know you weren't here. Kevin Ray was. But it was when the Kevin Durant hysteria was was hitting its peak and yet never truly seemed as possible as it did a couple weeks ago. And then it instantly flipped. He is a son. We're going to talk to Flex from Jersey next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show on this Thursday morning. Eagerly anticipating, look, well, before we get to our next guest, whether KD plays tomorrow or not, I'm eagerly anticipating a Suns game because it's been over a week. And we're, we're at that point where I just want to watch the Suns play and see how this team comes together. Uh, our next guest is uh, very familiar to Suns fans. He is joining us from Jersey. It is Flex from Jersey joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Flex, what's going on, man? What's up, my brothers? How y'all doing? Doing okay, man. Flex, thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate it. When do you think Kevin Durant is going to make his debut as a Phoenix Sun? 
Uh, yeah, Wolfman. Um, I, I I think it's going to be Wednesday. I, I do think it's going to be Wednesday against Charlotte. Um, you know, my conversations before the All-Star break, after the Kevin Durant trade went through, there was always an expectation that he would be back after the All-Star break, um, although no one wanted to pinpoint a date. Um, and that's because, you know how it is, you play pro ball, Wolf, you know how this goes, right? You got to test things out, you got to err on the side of caution, and uh, you got to look at both sides, player safety and what's right for the team. You got to look at the, the long-term picture. And so there was never a clear date, but what I will say is there's a kind of a quirk in this in the schedule um where the suns play friday they play sunday and then they don't play again for another two days until wednesday and so i think that had a lot to do with the calculus of this you look at it and you say hey we could potentially give kevin an extra two weeks by sacrificing two games Mm. and if you can give a guy with a sprained mcl talking to a father who's dealt with a son who blew out his acl and 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 sprained the mcl first game back uh two weeks is is a big deal when you're talking about an mcl sprain so i think it was just smart on both ends so i think he will be back wednesday good show Talking to uh, Flex from Jersey, Flex. Let's let's take a step back here. You were you were the first person I remember even floating the idea of Kevin Durant to the Suns <laughs> way back in the summer, and you never guaranteed that it was going to happen. But you were the first person that really got me believing. Like this, there's something legit to this, whether it happened in the summer or mid season or this upcoming summer. And then everything quieted down, and the Nets looked like they were fine. And you always kind of know Kyrie's a ticking time bomb. But when did things flip for you in the season where you're like, no, this is this is like like back on for real now um so i mean if i'm being truly transparent i i kind of never put it down completely even during the summer loop because the people i were talking i was talking to in brooklyn um i knew that the summertime was very real and i knew that this was more of the nets last ditch effort to try to get kevin to come back and to give kevin credit he was a good soldier but he made it very clear in the Mm. summer I'll come back, and I'll be a good soldier. But the minute something goes left, you have to do right by me now. And where I want to be is Phoenix. And and I was told that in the summer. Now, we, we fast forward a little bit, and what I always had in my mind during the season was the Kyrie Irving uh, extension date and the trade deadline. Mm. Because I had been hearing for a long time that that was going nowhere. And so the Nets were risking the asset by trying to keep him if they went past the deadline and and lose him for nothing in free agency. And so that's where I, I kind of quietly was like, okay, I know this is going to happen. I just don't know when. And yeah, when Kyrie uh, requested the trade and we knew that he was gone, I think things started to heat up tremendously from that point. So Flex, can you tell us a little bit about the buyout market and what you're hearing in regard to a possible Phoenix Suns and a veteran player that might get bought out? Um, I mean, listen, right now they're, po- they're kicking the tires on a, a bunch of things right now. But um, I-, I will say this. Last conversation I had, they're pretty comfortable where they are right now. Um, I think they're going to kick the tires on, you know, a, a, a plethora of options because there are still, I, I, I still believe there's opportunities that people don't know are going to be opportunities yet. Well, um, you know, there are players that are still negotiating certain things that, you know, for lack of better words, uh, you, you can't say something until that happens. But no. um, I will say that they are kicking their tires on 
a couple players, and there is a chance that there could be one more player coming along. Um, but who that is right now can go uh, a plethora of ways. I, I like to think it could be another front court, another wing guy. Um, but I do think that they're also looking at the point guard market for protection for Chris Paul and, and campaign. So there's just a lot of stuff going on, and I think it would be unfair for me to try to narrow it down to just mm-hmm. one or two guys at this point. Talking to, uh, to Flex from Jersey on the Arizona Sports Line. Flex, just a side note, since you're out there, you're, you're right there by Brooklyn, are they going to be good to Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson? Like, we haven't let those guys go yet in this city emotionally. Now, I already made the phone calls, man. I already, I already talked to all my guys out there. Man. I said, I said, Mikel and Cam, the twins, that's family, man. So we gotta, we gotta treat them well. And and I'm gonna tell you what, I'm out here. I have a lot of connections around that 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 organization, that city, and uh, they love Mikel and Cam. They're thrilled. Um, I told them they would be, and and selfishly, I am too, because I'm I'm a low key Brooklyn Nets fan right now. I, I I'm gonna watch every Brooklyn game before the Suns games. I typically do that anyway, but. Um, um, I'm a little bit more invested now because I want those kids to succeed. Um, they did everything right in Phoenix, and uh, and I'm big fans of both those young men. So on and off the court, fantastic people, and uh, they, they're, they're going to be taken care of out here in Brooklyn, I promise you. So, Flex, when you talk to some of the analysts that are out there, when you talk to some of the industry insiders that you do right now, how much of a foregone conclusion is it? Do they think the Suns are going to win the West, and what kind of a foregone <laughs> conclusion is that I tell you what the conversations I'm having uh, change like the weather Wolf <laughs> so so you know there, I have conversations with people that you know are pretty pretty realistic in a sense and they say hey you know uh, there's not too many teams with the firepower that the Phoenix Suns have offensively with that dynamic four of Devin mm-hmm. Booker, Chris Paul, KD, and Aiden. Um, and then, you know, you'll have the guys that will say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned with the depth of the team because mm-hmm. of what they gave up. And I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit torn on that one because I'm saying, you know, listen, we gave up Mikel and Cam, but we're not done with the buyout market. The Suns aren't done with the buyout market. And, you, you know, you did add Kevin Durant. You did add T.J. Warren and Darius Baisley and Terrence Ross and potentially another buyout. And last time I checked, you know, five is more than two when it comes to rotation guys and potential guys that could be in the rotation. I don't count Jay and Dario as actual pieces that we lost because neither one of those guys were really heavy rotation guys. One was, wasn't even with the team. And so so the consensus I'm getting to answer your question, Wolf, without being long-winded, is uh, <laughs> a lot of people believe the Phoenix Suns are right where they need to be in the driver's seat to come out the Western Conference and contend for a championship right now and potentially for years to come. And so you got to make the deal. That's why you make the deal to keep yourself in that conversation. And, again, the people I'm talking to, they like the chances of the Suns getting this together in the last 22 games. Flex, the, the buzz around this team since KD got here for the fan base is is unlike anything you, you ever see. I mean, just to attend his press conference last week, there was a, a line out the door uh, at at, uh, at Footprint Center. What is it, it, do you think, around the actual players? Like, Devin Booker's given us a little bit of like, okay, it's different when a guy like KD walks in there. That's greatness. You know, this is not just you traded for a good player. This is you traded for an all-time great. And this was already a good team. How do you think that impacts the guys on the team? Yeah, I mean, listen, it's Kevin Durant, man. It's Kevin Durant. And when that guy walks in your locker room, he demands respect. He, he's, he's he's a basketball savant. You know what I mean? He's one of the best to ever do it. 
And so, um, yeah, this is, you know, it's a, it's a great thing because I heard Monty make a comment the other day. He said, you know, the rest of the team has two guys to look up to now in Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Um, and that's a fact. You know, that entire team now has two first battle Hall of Famers to look up to. The irony and the beauty of this is that both those individuals came to Phoenix to play with Devin Booker. And so that tells you a lot about Devin Booker. And that tells you a lot about the character, the player, the individual that Devin Booker is. And so um, I think, you know, what I'm hearing is there's, there's a lot of excitement, but there's a lot of uh, respect and admiration at the same time. And so um, this is this is a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generational-type uh, trade acquisition. And so it's going to take some people. I, I believe that even Devin Booker, if you gave him troop term right now, will still tell you, hey, it's not going to kick in until we jump ball and I pass the ball, you know, to the Slim Reaper, number 35. Like, that's when it's going to get real. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, anticipation and, and all going around because, uh, again, it's Kevin Durant. Well, Flex, we appreciate all you do, man. Thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk to you again soon, all right? Thank you, buddy. Salute. Luke Wolf, love you guys. Appreciate y'all, man. Right Thank on, you. man. Appreciate it. That's uh, it's Flex from Jersey checking in right there. As I tell you, the the he always brings the energy. Just love it, man. He's tapped in. But but to talk to him in July when it was like he really never wavered. But when everybody's like, seriously, Kevin Durant is that like a real thing? Yeah. To here we are in February yeah. and he's on the team. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we'll switch gears over to football. Why isn't Sean Payton the head coach of the Cardinals? How about we just let Michael Bidwell tell you? We'll uh, react to what he had to say about it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> 